1: and curse the patriarchy.
0: We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex and dating. Stop,
1: Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about slowly realizing that the fun, fantastical reality dating show that allows you to escape the horrible world you live in is actually a soul-crushing trap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we somehow survived another absolutely miserable season of The Bachelorette. Last night, Gabby Wendy, and Rachel Recchia's dumpster fire of a journey finally, finally ended.
1: In the words of Gabby Wendy, thank God. Thank God. And also, can you believe we once found all of this, like, super fun? I truly feel like I'm trapped in, like, a horror show of, like, mirrors and trick exits right now.
0: I swear it didn't used to be this way. It really didn't. It, like, didn't. truly, it truly <laughs> didn't. But today, the two of us are going to try to unpack the three-hour live finale that was somehow way too, Way too long and yet also too short to address anything that actually matters like, you know, Eric Schwer's blackface scandal.
1: Yeah, they were just like we got to somehow fill up this last 45 minutes of the show what if we definitely don't address the important issues that need to be addressed? And instead, we just ask Zach how he's feeling 15 times. I'm <laughs> ugh, I'm so annoyed <laughs> by this finale. It really was like... Me too. It was like two hours of finale, and then they cut out 15 minutes of it and threw it on the cutting room floor, and then they put it into a three-hour bag. It's like, how is it that you spent so much time just doing
0: filler and you still didn't cover the shit we needed covered. Somehow, like, disappeared Rachel within an hour and a half. Never saw her again. I just, I just hope She and Gabby didn't really get to conclude together. And then we got an hour of Zach, like, the most bland man alive like that wasn't
1: that was an hour more of as bachelor than we should be having and yet there's still so much to come uh, i just hope that after rachel left the couch she was somewhere with avon having like an egg cream and just enjoying her evening and like something. an entire bottle
0: of xanax <laughs> but not in a dangerous way just in like a float yes, away just for in one of evening.
1: those safe ways where you have an entire <laughs> bottle of xanax at one time So let's go back to the very beginning. The show opens with the apocalypse vibes that we caught a glimpse of a couple weeks ago. The camera opens on Jesse in a silent, darkened studio. No applause, no audience lights, no music. He says that he thought they would be doubling the happiness this season. But that's just not how it worked out.
0: Uh, I love when the show does this where they're like, we thought one thing and then... By no doing of our own, it just didn't work out that way. Like, sir, sir, (laughs) we all know. (laughs) They're like, we. it wasn't
1: our decision to make this happen. I don't believe them. So he says that during the show, we will be finding out if Tino can explain his indiscretions
0: and Eric, his text to his ex just have to say it is very bizarre that they are just speaking to the audience as though everyone has done a deep dive on the spoilers like in the world of the show none of this has happened none right. of this has been discussed but that's not everyone reads reddit and reality steve and that's not
1: to say that they shouldn't address it but like explain to people what's going well, on that's like, what like if I, mean. I weren't following bachelor t accounts which honestly, if I weren't covering the show, I probably would not choose to do that to myself. If I weren't following those accounts, I wouldn't know about Tino's indiscretions or Eric's texts. So why can't they kind of back up and explain with full context what happened instead of casually
0: dropping it in? And also, there's like, just simply zero attention paid to any sort of narrative continuity no. in the entirety of the show. No, they're doing total freeform at this point. Form means
1: nothing. Structure means nothing. (laughs) It's all jump scares with no logic in between. So the lights and applause come up very abruptly. Gabby's grandpa and Rachel's parents are in the audience looking tense as fuck, especially Rachel's parents who look like they are watching. like watching each other. It looks like they're, they're like like present like... at their daughter's trial or something. Like, they're like, yeah. We're here showing support, but like, we're really not okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Gabby and Rachel come out. They are once again almost matching in sexy, one-shouldered mini dresses. Get- Rachel's is like red-orange with a big, like, metal ring at the shoulder. Gabby is in black with a sort of buckle at her shoulder.
0: So they really went out there and they were like similar but different. I loved these two dresses. I thought this was a better fashion match. Like they looked more coordinated than last week. Incredibly, uh, Gabby has and they both looked gorgeous. a
1: micro-mini skirt on, but also half of that skirt is a cutout. So it's almost like she's wearing a leotard with just a little fringe on one side. I mean, they both looked incredibly <laughs>
0: hot. They always do. That was kind of the high point for me. I was like, look at them. They look so beautiful. And I'm they're worried. still smiling. Maybe they're okay. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> they're not okay. So we head right back in with Gabby. Because I do follow so many Bachelor accounts, I had gotten distracted enough by the the gossip that I sort of forgot where we left last week on a cliffhanger, which is Gabby emotional venting to production about this tough conversation she had with, with Eric on their last chance date where he said he didn't want to propose. She's like, I know with every bone in my body that we're supposed to be together and I just... I have to prepare for rejection. It's not going to be easy. She still throughout this episode does not say anything that totally convinces me that this wasn't just her melting down at production. I still think she was
0: annoyed that she was very annoyed at production. And also she seems extremely drunk. Which became much more more and tired. (laughs) And that became much more apparent to me in this half of the conversation than in what we saw last week. I was like, oh, she's just... She just wants to be done. To me, she
1: doesn't even seem drunk as much as exhausted and just, like, sleep deprived. Well, two,
0: drink, two drinks plus sleep deprivation <laughs> yeah. is, like, basically blacked
1: out. <laughs> so she heads back in to Eric, and she says she just needs him to be honest with her. And he says, well… If you were to walk away from this, like I thought you were just maybe going to walk away, I would be destroyed because I'm in love with you. I want to leave with you, whatever that takes. He says, quote, what we have is genuinely real, which I never expected. No kidding, Eric. Uh, what I just said is 100% real. I really want us to work. So she holds his face. She leans her forehead against his forehead. Um she says in her in the moment that she wants a future with him. And also, she says this decision shouldn't be easy because if it is, that means you didn't think about it enough. Almost like she's saying, like, it makes sense to have trouble yeah. coming to a decision about this.
0: Yeah. I just, given the ease with which they came back together, I'm like, I don't really think that she was. Ever so angry at him.
1: It seems less like she was angry at him, and more that she was just like tired and emotional and yes, frustrated that she might have to go through some sort of rejection and decide how to handle it. When she just kind of wants this to be over and to be in a relationship. She, yeah, she with wants him. to
0: be done.
1: Yeah. So they walk away together. She says to him, "Another thing supporting our theory." Quote: "I'm sorry this had to be so dramatic."
0: Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, But they kiss goodnight. She's beaming. She seems happy. He seems happy. She's saying to the camera, she looks like she's about to fall asleep. I love Eric. I want to be with him forever. It's just scary because it could be taken away at any second. And at this point, I really feel like she's like, you, the show, could destroy me at any second. Yeah. I just would like to leave with
1: Eric. (laughs) So next, we're suddenly with Rachel who is in a sequin bomber jacket. And she is having her last chance date with Tino. And she is excited because he is now the only guy left and she knows her heart is with him. She knocks on his door. They sit on his couch, toast with champagne. And first they talk a little bit about her hometown and how well it went. Rachel and her parents are both in like the inset reaction box from the live stage looking stone-faced. Like at every point when Rachel and her parents are watching any point of their have heard time with tino they just look furious
0: furious or just trying to dissociate <laughs>
1: probably both she asks how he's feeling and he says amazing and she says still on the same page and he says always and i i do think this is the kind of communication that maybe got her into trouble with t with avon a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: like dig in a little bit to what being on the same page, me <laughs> right, and also you're not always going to be on the same page, like, right. I think part of the problem is that Rachel is really throughout this looking for signals that she's made the right choice, um, sort of external signals. And Tino is really ready to give those signals, but that's often his whole very strategy. surface level, yeah, right. That's his whole thing, and he, he and that's not to say that he's not super into her, but it's like he isn't truly accessing his true, truest well of emotions. And he's not really able to communicate those things. And we see that have like a really sort of like dire consequences later on. Speaking of not accessing a deeper well of emotions, I was absolutely
1: flabbergasted by how this part of the conversation ended up going because this is the moment that Rachel, she's so excited. She's been bursting at the yeah, seams to tell beating. him. She's ready to say to, to Tino that he's the only one left. And she says, Tino, you're the only one here. And Tino Blink does not fire at all. <laughs> He stares at her, not even just blankly, but, like, calmly. Like, he hears her, but he's just choosing not to react, almost. Like, he's
0: just like, hmm. And then she seems to try to get it to sink in. She's like, it's you. She's so excited. still nothing. Still nothing. I was like, I I really couldn't tell what was going on
1: here. I've never seen this before, ever. Like, I remember on Katie's season, and I was... This was kind of the the origin of the Greg and Katie meltdown was that he told her he was in love with her and she didn't really acknowledge it. But, like, the lead has a lot of that kind of thing going on and they can't necessarily respond in kind. So it is the sort of oversight that can happen or, like, the kind of blip that can happen. To have a contestant hear that they are the chosen one which is what this whole season has been building toward. And for them to have no reaction at all, I have never seen that. I don't even, like, how could that happen? What's
0: going on in his brain? I I truly don't know. He finally seems to get it. Well, he he kisses her. Uh, no, he no, 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 no. Here's what
1: happens. He's still not reacting after she says it's you. And finally she says, I've been so excited to tell you. Still nothing. He She leans in for a kiss. And he accepts the kiss. We at no point see him actively respond or emote.
0: He's just receiving. Like, uh, uh, there are a lot of semi inappropriate emotional reactions, frankly, that take place in the the two of their interactions throughout the rest of this episode. But this is just so bizarre, and he again like says emotional things after this. He's like. I'm on top of the world. It's overwhelming. The best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, we see him say things like that in his in the moment. Um, but also, even in when he's saying those things, it's like sort of flat. Which, look, people it respond in different ways. I'm not trying to pick him apart, but it was just weird. I, I It's hard not to pick him apart because so much of this, I,
1: I get that like not everyone emotes in the same way, but it, it's hard for it not to come across as him not being happy <laughs> or not giving a fuck. Like it's very odd, especially because we. I feel like we saw him a emo- more naturally very early on, and then it's almost like it that slowly went away. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, it's his hard to know whether was, that's
0: just his confidence, the show kind of beating him down. I, I don't know.
1: It's like he had this, like, warm confidence that was replaced by this sort of clammy bullheadedness. And it's been, like, a sort of unsettling trajectory. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. And he says also in his In the Moment, I would literally bet everything I have (laughs) that me and Rachel
0: are are forever. Everything I have and everything I am. I'm like, this is a bad bet. Don't, don't do not this, Tino.
1: Even, even a worse odds. bet than sinking your entire retirement into crypto, which I think <laughs> we all know, maybe not Zach, but most of us know is a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> this is an even worse bet. Very, very low odds in his favor, especially because neither of them, especially Tino, seemed to have the kind of relationship skills that would get them through even a single rough patch. <laughs> so... <laughs> not looking good for them and it doesn't go good for them. So he tells her that she's made him the happiest guy in the world. This is never going anywhere. Rachel's glowing. She's like I know he's ready for proposal, for a proposal and I trust him. Then we cut back to the studio obviously for a sneak peek of the Kardashians on Hulu because this is all half just content now.
0: <laughs> three, yeah, half of this three-hour uh, special is simply sponsored content. But it's time for Proposal Day. And we finally get Rachel and Gabby back together. This Again, this is what I've been wanting all season. And we at least get it in small doses during this episode. They're having a little girl chat poolside. And they both just seem relieved, frankly. Like yeah. relieved that they made it to the end. And that it seems like they're going to get some semblance of a happy ending. Like I just could feel in my bones that they both were like, oh, my God, this was traumatic. But like we we did it. We did the job.
1: It's interesting how bad their experience has been on this franchise that like. The whole concept of the show is dating these different people and having as many great options as you can. And they both are just like, please, can I just have one guy here so that I can just, like, have a fucking break for once? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel reveals that Tino is the only guy left. Gabby is thrilled. She's like, it didn't take him one second to decide on you. And obviously, that's what they both wanted for themselves and for each other. Yeah. It's interesting, and we see this unfold later, too, that like, as an audience, we've seen a lot of red flags from Tino at this point. But Gabby hasn't really seen them. And Rachel has seen one or two, but she's rationalized them. And... Rachel describes how good she feels about him in these terms. He tells me he loves me constantly, every five seconds. He makes me feel so fought for. He makes me want to be better. He's so selfless and funny. Is he? I have to disagree
0: with the latter 2 I've not seen selflessness nor humor, but he does donate. She's in the throes of. She's (laughs) in the throes of love.
1: (laughs) I just I just I wonder if this is how Rachel has ended up never dating someone who makes her laugh because like she can look at the most like sour faced, grim, humorless (laughs) person I've ever seen on this show. And she's like, he's so funny. I'm like, eventually she's going to figure out that's not true. But she's leading herself down a
0: garden path right Um, now. But Gabby tells Rachel, you know, Eric is the only one left. And she says she wanted this week to she says that she wanted them to both feel secure and and be secure in making a decision to get engaged. Yeah, she's like, I wanted this week to be
1: just a time for us to be secure and make this big decision, basically. Instead of like- She hopes
0: he'll propose, of course.
1: Yeah, but she's like, he didn't say he would, but hopefully he will. And they're both like, oh my God, girl, you're so happy. This is so great. And Gabby starts- crying and says all her dreams are coming true she says it's such a little dream but it's like you know big like i do know gabby you just want that that tiny little piece of romance and love for yourself and rachel says i cannot believe where we came from to where we're sitting right now about to get engaged to our dream guys
0: (laughs) You just know it's going to go so wrong by this point that it is so painful to watch them, like, wax poetic.
1: Uh, Like, it is the case that I do think you should just pick the person you're most into, typically. With Rachel and Tino specifically, I am concerned that she just threw her chips in way too early and she wasn't open to... Kind changing of her from that. Mind. Yeah. Right, yeah. I don't think she was actually open to changing her conception of him as more interactions happened and more, image, more information came to light. And I actually think maybe she would have made a different decision if she had been open to it not being him <laughs> by the yeah. time I she mean,
0: got to hometowns. I also do think that, like, I keep forgetting that she's 25. Yeah. And I do think that something we see with the younger leads is like a bit of less of a, a center that can kind of, that you can kind of lean back on to have that certainty in your own decisions. And so when you are terrified that you're going to make a bad decision, sometimes you can end up inadvertently kind of screwing yourself because you were so consumed with looking for signs that you're making the right or the wrong decision. And I think that Rachel kind of got herself into trouble with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's clear that she is really fixating on stuff like, Oh, he tells me he loves me all the time. Right. And that's actually a really easy thing for someone to do. If, you know, they just want to convince you that they love you. Like it's act it doesn't take self-sacrifice or effort. And And
0: I, and I also understand like I'm someone that responds really well to words of affirmation. And I think that something I've learned with more dating experience and age is that like, yeah, words can be thrown out in an unearned way much more easily than actions can be. And so there is a piece of yourself that you kind of learn as you date more and you get older to kind of self-soothe and to sort of sort through like, are these words actually being backed up? And because they're in this very controlled set of circumstances, there's not really room for you to to stress test those words. Yeah,
1: and I think almost what we see with Avon versus Tino is that Rachel will interpret like, oh, well, he won't give me the easy thing to do. So like, that would just be so easy to do. So the fact that he doesn't even want to do that is really bad. And Tino is doing the easy thing that's easy to say, and that shows that he's all in. But actually, like, in a way, like thinking harder about whether you really want to do that easy seeming thing is indicative of more capacity to like actually go through a tough time in a relationship and make a difficult decision. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. And it's not just paper over it with words. And, like whenever anything actual any actual issue has come up with Tino, he has not shown that he's putting her first.
0: So he also has this very intense tendency to not just, like, not put her first, but to basically live in a realm of denial that the situation has even occurred or that the conflict has occurred. And we see that play out a lot later on.
1: Yeah. He, like, is completely uncomfortable not living in a delusional fantasy of perfection. Right. So, Rachel... Uh, it's time for her engagement date. They really like power through the proposals. And then they're left with like all this extra time for Zach at the end. And I'm like, you could have spread out this proposal stuff a little bit more. So Rachel puts on her classic, like beaded halter neck white dress. It's sort of like a wedding dress, basically. And she is so excited. Tino has never given her any reason to doubt. Again, I disagree, but <sighs> we disagree. see what we want to see. She's like, I love him so much. It's scary. If it isn't Tino, there's no one else for me. <laughs> Honey. Oh, Rachel. I think you know by there now. Is, that there's, there is. There's someone
0: else. She does know okay. by now.
1: She waits for him in a little courtyard in the blazing sun, and he walks in wearing a plain black suit and tie with a white shirt looking They
0: really dress disheveled. him like he's going to a fucking funeral.
1: Like, usher at a funeral aesthetic. He's like, not only am I at a funeral, <laughs> but it's like, I I like have a job to do and I'm a little stressed about it. <laughs> this is all very oh somber. <laughs> this, <laughs> so they, and that is his vibe throughout this proposal. I never felt like he was genuinely happy to be there.
0: There's no excitement. You usually feel that that sort of, like, frisson between the couple yeah. by the end. Like, there is yeah. just such a relief and such an excitement and such a glee. And, like, that really didn't come through here. And it was disconcerting. Yeah.
1: It's, like, all coming from Rachel and them being sucked up into his, like, melancholy, <laughs> sweaty energy. So they kiss. She tells him that his charm and humor was undeniable. Again, I'm like, what humor? Please give me some examples. Just one example. And I guess I guess he makes one joke in his proposal, but I don't know if I would really call it humorous. And she's <laughs> she says she's never met anyone in her life like him, someone who's just so selfless and gentle and supportive. And makes her want to be a better person every single day. There are times when I didn't think anyone was here for me. I didn't feel deserving of this role I was given. But I would do it all a million times to have you in front of me right now. She's like, I'm madly in love with you. Honestly, I felt like she was describing someone who is the opposite of Tino during this (laughs) speech. I didn't recognize him in
0: this I think it's very telling that she, in her proposal speech, says, I didn't think anyone was here for me. I didn't feel deserving. Yeah. Like, I think that that was so the center of her emotional state going into this process. And that insecurity is sort of what she allowed to lead her in her decision making. And look, again, that's relatable. And that's a hard thing to avoid doing. But… I do think that is in part why she ended up with Tino.
1: I think you're right. I think that was very revealing. Tino smiles sort of grimly. (laughs) Everything that every time he even smiles, I'm like, that doesn't really feel like a happy smile.
0: Also, this speech is the most wild (laughs) foreshadowing. I know. I couldn't
1: even write all of it down, but here's more or less what he says. He's like, I know you've been blindsided in the past. You've seen love given and taken away. And with everything we've been through, the last thing I ever want to do is break your heart. But there's something I've got to say. Long pause. This is never going away. And I'm like, it's funny because... Then you did have to say something, and it was, I cheated on you (laughs) because we weren't doing so good. Uh... She laughs. She's like, shut up. This is his joke. The joke is just like, I'm
0: about to take
1: my love away from you. Psych. No, I'm not. But I am, though,
0: soon. He then gets a little bit sweeter and more emotional. He says, you know, you're the most beautiful woman in the world. Your compassion, your wit, your charm, your intelligence make me fall in love with you more and more every time I see you. Every time we're together, you make me feel like the center of your universe. And I'm here today to show you you're the center of mine. And it's like these kind of words that I think really did it for Rachel. She needs to hear that. But then he tells her something
1: that made me and (laughs) Rachel's mom wince very hard. He says that their love is real and quote, quite frankly, the only person I care about understanding that is standing in front of me right now. I'm like, I mean, I feel like it would be good if like your family has understood that. Yeah. Um, It's not that she, you, the two of you aren't the most important people to be invested in your love, but it actually would be good if you could help her navigate things with your family. (laughs) convince them that this was a good idea so with, on that note he's like i love you you're the woman of my dreams he kneels he pulls out a ring she accepts the ring is like this giant giant rectangular stone on a plain band honestly i thought it was gorgeous i hated it actually you hated it it
0: was too i liked big. that it was it plain. was
1: too big i don't care if it's plain. it is too big
0: it was very, it was very large. It looked like, a, look. it looked like a ring pop.
1: A square oh, ring pop. Oh, my God. It wasn't God. square. It was,
0: it was like emerald cut, right? Yeah, well, but it was Rectangle. squared off. You know,
1: it wasn't like shaped oh, like a ring pop. I see. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, no, to me, it gave me ring pop and I didn't like it, but I did like that it was a little more plain than the usual. There were
0: no halos. There were not like a thousand tiny diamonds, like in seven... Rings around the main stone I was as someone who has the halo and
1: pave on her layer set, I don't think that they are inherently tacky but I do think a stone that big is also a little tacky. It was Claire. too much. It was too much, Claire.
0: It's not an attack on your. She's gonna. Race. She's gonna
1: roll over <laughs> in bed and and what? Knock his tooth out? Like it's so big. Well,
0: you know what? Here's the thing. She had to give it back, so it honestly doesn't matter. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, I was just shocked that Neil Lane could design such a simple ring. No, this and- was
1: truly his his year to, like, clap back at the haters. He was like, I've designed a special Bachelor collection with almost no halos, and I didn't even get to do my special, like, highlight segment. They barely looked at the rings at all. Like, what is this bullshit? I didn't even get to come on and be like, my new Neil Lane
0: pave-free collection. <laughs>
1: For uh, everyone yeah, who's only been hating didn't even on get me. a cameo.
0: There was too much drama and also too much Zach for that, yeah. um, but look, so, she accepts the ring. She's so happy. They
1: kiss and they shout, "We're engaged. But again, it just sort of seems like he's not actually feeling it. Like he's just like, we're engaged
0: you wrote down he looks like he's recovering from food poisoning, but trying to seem okay. He's really is, incredible observation, Claire. He doesn't
1: seem happy. He seems unwell, but you know trying what? We'll give him the benefit of
0: the doubt. They're both exhausted. They're both drained. They do get on a very cute little white horse and attempt to ride off in the distance together, but. There's really a metaphor in there because the horse is just zigzagging around looking very lost and confused. It would have been
1: super cute if (laughs) things had worked out for them. I I get that this is a tough process and it takes it out of you. But his inability to bring any genuine enthusiasm to this was really hard for me to swallow. Like Rachel has been through it. She's beaming. She's glowing. She's so happy. Tino looks like he's just here under pain of lawsuit or something. He looks like he's being <laughs>
0: coerced. Uh, but back on the studio, Rachel is, again, looking vacant. And Jesse's like, huh, Rachel, so so weird. You looked so happy. And now, you again, you look like you need a bottle of Xanax. He didn't say that, <laughs> but that's what I interpreted. He's like,
1: looking at how... Your face is set and (laughs) the pallor on your skin. It seems like there might be more to the story because you look so miserable.
0: She's like, yeah, Jesse. Yeah. Yes.
1: So after the commercial break, Rachel is in the hot seat. Jesse asks her what happened
0: after this proposal. And And this is where we get a rundown of what happened. Although I will say that clearly there are a lot of details that throughout this entire entire ordeal. We we simply don't get. Rachel was like, yeah, I left Mexico super happy. And we were doing really great for a while. But she says, kind of as anyone who sat up here knows, there's just like natural growing pains when you are dating post show. Also, I wanna say that like they had a long break, like longer than most bachelorette's mm. sort of period of time of dating without being able to be public because the show started airing in July, not in May. Um, So I do wonder if that contributed to some of this. But she says, you know, there were growing pains and we were dating long distance and it it was difficult. She says that's kind of what comes with having your life on screen. And it seems like some of their biggest difficulties started to happen around the time of the premiere, which made me feel like she was having some sort of mental health crisis around i don't know how she was being responded to on the show
1: yeah and that maybe
0: that I would think have it sounds like
1: she was also you know they weren't the most solid they've been dating long distance for a while with just these occasional right happy couple they are also weekends. living on opposite coasts yeah and like and she is at this point around the premiere she's just going to be exhausted she's doing a ton of press she's traveling back and forth between New York and LA she's she's just like tired and stressed and she's dealing with like the emotional weight of being perceived by all these people you know going into a season that she knows is really rocky for her. And that's all about to be rehashed and people are going to have their opinions on it. She's probably just like incredibly overwhelmed and tired and stressed. And meanwhile, yeah. things and aren't like that solid, that, with Tino, Right. And so she's like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I've made mistakes. But throughout it all, I do feel like I always try. And I wanted a partner who would also do that and, like, stand next to me and support me. And I wasn't feeling that. And she's like, maybe that means I also wasn't giving it. But it's and I clear that she, that she feels like, like she he, he should have stepped up to, like, be a better support for her during yeah. that time. And
0: look, I feel for both of them again it it is a very long time to be dealing with this it is a really tough thing to navigate for both of them so it's not surprising and it is understandable on both ends that they would be having issues kind of heading into the season it's hard for me to not compare it to what happened with Clayton and Susie on some
1: level that like I remember just being in awe of how Susie Made everything easier for Clayton. Like she was yeah. like, "You got me out of this, and like I'm gonna hold you accountable for mistakes you made, but I also love you and I support you, and I'm gonna make every media appearance easier. We're gonna, you know, be there for each other." And it was clear that like he, I don't think he he would have made it I don't through. Think... So as as I also much don't as think he, did he has without her,
0: and like it doesn't seem like Tino was prepared. I don't to think give Tino's Rachel capable. That. Yeah. I don't think he was prepared and I don't necessarily think he was capable. And look, I do think Clayton like he's a man dating a woman and that's the I think thing on is the that whole, I'm just like more likely uh, to to get an emotionally mature and supportive partner uh, who understands how to give you that emotional nurturing. I think if you are a straight man coming off of this. Yeah, show. that that's what makes me nuts.
1: So she says that around the premiere, they took some time to kind of
0: which reflect. We don't to themselves. really know exactly what that means. And she I has very clearly seems... said
1: it doesn't mean that they broke up, and that they yeah. Were not no, I don't unengaged.
0: think that they do. They did break up, but it's unclear exactly exactly what that entailed or how long it went on. But she says after
1: that, I you know I thought we'd move forward. I thought we were not only in a good place again. I thought we were in a better place than we were right after the show and that we were, you know, moving towards a bright future. But then a couple weeks after things started to improve, so at this point we're probably talking about like mid-season, he it brought forward like, to her okay. some concerns she said, about I relationships don't remember- from the past coming forward.
0: It sounds like this started to occur around when the Nate stuff came out. That is my... Mm-hmm. Yes, um, because it was said, like a prompt for him
1: to yeah, be she like, said
0: in a separate interview, like some things about other contestants started to come out and he started to kind of allude to his own concerns that past relationships would come forward in some capacity.
1: And she said, well, I said to him, if it happened in the past, we should talk it through. But then he like didn't actually want to tell me what it was. She said that this happened while they were together for a long weekend, essentially, and that he wouldn't tell her what it was. They spent the rest of the time together. And then after they parted ways and went home, they spoke on the phone and he brought it up again. And she's like, I started just slowly pulling on the string and learning more and more. And, you know, he cheated on me. And Jesse's like, how did that make you feel? And she's like, bad, Jesse.
0: Yeah, he's like, are you okay?"
1: She's like. No, (laughs) definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. She's like, it's not just physical, it's emotional, it's texting, it's things that pile on into something that just creates broken trust. And I want to remember that because I do think that there's so much fixation on a kiss that allegedly happened (laughs) that it can seem like that's all she's upset about. And while I think that's enough in itself, it's also clear that it was not just that. Itself,
0: yeah, and that is something I rewatched this entire long segment um, again this morning because I had missed a lot, and that really stood out to me on second watch. That like clearly there is there are other things that are going unexplored and un and unsaid. So Jesse's like, so you did confront Tino in person, and she's like, "Yep," yeah. and he warns Bachelor Nation, "quote This is rough."
1: When they have to warn us after, you know, some of the things they don't even feel compelled to warn us about that make me feel like I need emergency therapy. So I was like, oh, God,
0: I started immediately (laughs) feeling ill when he said that. And I (sighs) I just want to flag that, like, if they are engineering situations on camera that they feel the need to warn the audience about, like, maybe that's not something that you should be producing. And maybe that's not something that you should be airing. Like, I. This entire thing just made me feel really icky. Yeah. So so we cut to a little white brick bungalow, little a little Airbnb, which now <laughs> lives in infamy. And Rachel is staring at her giant ring, which she is holding in her fingers. And she says, today will be the first time I speak to Tino since he told me he cheated on me. And Gabby has arrived to kind of chat her through this and give her a pep talk before before the difficult conversation immediately
1: everyone in the world clocked that gabby is also wearing a giant engagement ring even though her proposal scene has not aired yet so wild spoiler alert! choice for them to do this (laughs) they could have just like they knew that they might like they you know what i don't know there's just a lack of attention to detail here to not like they just take don't Gabby's give a ring shit. before they tape this one scene they don't care they're like they uh, I can't believe we were having this conversation about Tino it's so like Gabby is like it's so far off of what we thought his character was um Rachel talks a little bit more about what's been going on not just in terms of the actual cheating but more in terms of their conversation about it and she's like You know, there were, it's not just one thing. It was lots of things that happened and he hid it from me. And the only thing he cares about is how he's going to look. He
0: literally told me, I regret telling you. And he also apparently told her after he did tell her what had happened, don't tell anyone. Like his big concern that he had communicated to her was like for his own reputation. And I'm like given the way that this show grinds people
1: up and ruins them. I understand that concern because the consequences are going to be huge. But why would he expect that to be Rachel's frontline concern when he doesn't seem that
0: concerned about her at all? Right. Like there there is like right. you any need to, you need to still Rachel lead here. with, I am so sorry. what I did was deeply wrong. I want to be with you. And I want us to work through this if you have it in you to do that. And also, if you have it in your heart to consider how this is going to look for me, I would love to have that conversation too. Like, you just don't lead with that. You do not lead with that. I- Gabby <laughs> is just like, basically, fuck him. Say your piece. Yeah. You, you need to communicate that you deserve better. And you should kick him in the
1: balls. Yeah, kick him in the balls. Yeah, Rachel, uh, Rachel basically was like, he was telling me to like, keep this to myself. Like, you don't want me to have support at this time. You want me to just like sit by you at AFR to protect your image. She's like, you can't be forgiven when you're not sorry for what you did. And like, maybe there is no good way for him to say like, please don't tell anyone. I genuinely don't know if there is, to be honest, but there There's is not a good, good way to do it, but there is, good is a good, to good way to apologize. <laughs> right. And it seems like he didn't do that at all. Like, not even like, and then he also was like, don't tell tell anyone more like he was just like, here's what happened. But it was such a tiny thing. And like, I love you and I want to work on our future. And I wish I hadn't told you because now everything's fucked up. Like, that's not an apology for what you did. None of that is like genuinely taking ownership. So she is clearly going into this already feeling like he doesn't know how to properly
0: own up to this and she's really fed up we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back to discuss how this conversation goes down can you keep up
1: So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts.
0: It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola.
1: Yes, i thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website, There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible.
0: And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to thanks so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding,
1: honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness?
0: If so, Allo Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Allo Moves has the flower class that
1: will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is.
0: And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient.
1: They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or Reformer Pilates workouts.
0: Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments.
1: I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pick-up or drop-off. You're making a lunch— you're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working and allo moves allows me to just fit those workouts in. In those spare moments, when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class, I can do something that gets my heart rate up, and it really works with my lifestyle.
0: So unlock your
1: personal wellness routine with Allo Moves. Go to Allomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive
0: 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's Allomoves.com, code LTSI20. Allomoves.com, code LTSI20. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the
1: list. With Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works.
0: Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using
1: Babbel for 15
0: hours is equivalent to a full semester at college,
1: aka so, so many days of waking up for an 830 class that I
0: maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks, and... It's been really helpful because my French is not good, but now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal
1: for listeners. Right now get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI.
0: Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L T S I. Rules and restrictions may
1: apply. And we're back. After the ad break, Gabby is gone. Tino is at the door. He is looking even more glum and greasy haired than he did at their engagement. He looks
0: very rough. He and I want to note I want to note that Rachel is going into this conversation from a place of like peak anger, which I understand. Yeah. And I I just feel like the show was setting them both up to be a little bit emotionally decimated. Yeah. Uh
1: Tino has come armed, however, with his journal. And and a pen. And for some reason the pen is the thing that really sent me because it's like, is he He had to take notes is for is his tweet? <laughs> Is he going to annotate his journal? Is he going to like jot down rebuttals? Yes, I literally pen (laughs) Cortino.
0: It's also interesting because it seems it's like very unclear to me what he thought or what he was told was going to happen in this conversation. It's very bizarre. He sits on the couch and doesn't say anything, and she's like, "Are you going to speak?" And he's like, "Why don't you start?" She's like you want. She's like you (laughs) want me to start. Like you, what?
1: Finally, he's like, okay, I messed up. I kissed another girl. Immediately, I knew I messed up, and I belonged with you. And this was the tiniest thing ever. So I just tried to. And I'm not taking away at all from the emotional roller coaster it puts you in, but I just tried to get past it. And then he's like, "What do you want to know?" And I'm like, "Okay, Tina, this was
0: a really bad start." Tino is really <laughs> bad at expressing himself. I'm, I'm I mean, going to say that. He, I'm, like, I, I'm t- that's not an excuse. I'm just saying this was so painful because he is just a wild rambler. And also, as we pointed out earlier, completely unable to sit in a place of discomfort or sit in a place that colors the vision he has built of this relationship or his, or who he is in any way that, like, deviates. And it just creates this, like... Yeah. Extremely bizarre tone. I also, like, I don't even know
1: if I think Tino's necessarily bad at expressing himself. I think he is expressing himself. And himself is just someone who feels like this was just the tiniest little mistake. And it mostly really was just something that he had to learn to live with and accept. And like, yes, no, it totally also affected her. But mostly it was like about how he had
0: to deal with it. But it was such a tiny thing. Also, again, <laughs> when you're apologizing for bad behavior, you don't get to be the one to decide how small that indiscretion is. Like, I'm like, sorry. You don't, that's I'm sorry, you don't get to do that. You've been engaged
1: for like three months and you think that like, texting with and kissing another girl is the tiniest thing ever. Like that's like I'm sorry. In in the in the space of like a really long marriage, it might be relatively small, but I still wouldn't call it the tiniest thing ever. But it's basically like as big of a violation as your
0: whole relationship is a commitment. So like well, what he's saying, and and he, I think that Tino has a complete inability to kind of get out of his own head. And, like, he's expressing that for him, it was tiny. For him, it didn't mean anything. But again, you did the action and you don't actually get the right to—you don't actually have the right to— determine how that lands for the other person like that's right. just part of being in a relationship you might do something that feels tiny to you but it I, might not feel tiny to I the also other don't know if it felt tiny to him as much as he wanted it to be tiny. he wants it to be tiny I think that's a good point because he says later like He clearly felt a a huge amount of guilt and he was trying to bury it. So he's like, it's tiny. It's tiny. If I say it's tiny, it's tiny. Yeah, it's just tiny. I've decided like if I say my if I say my parents loved you, they loved you. Like exactly live in a place of discomfort.
1: So he has to construct a a delusion of of alternate perfection. So Rachel's like, all right, tell me everything. I want to know everything. He says, this is a girl I like met before the show, I guess. He's like, we never went on a date. Because I decided not to muddy the waters because I was going on the show. And then it was, you know, the premiere week when I called you, Rachel, and you said such hurtful things to me that I wrote them down in my journal and I will now read them aloud
0: to you. So like without context, he's just like, here are a bunch of out of context quotes That you said to me I like I'm sorry
1: he's talking about his relationship with this girl he cheated on her with it's all very vague it's like oh we ran into each other at a bar yada yada anyway here are 15 verbatim quotes I transcribed from a fight we had on the phone I'm like Rachel knows what was said in that conversation what she doesn't know is what happened when you ran into that girl at the bar and you decided to catch up. Like you just kind of like blew right through that part, so that you could get to the part where you read aloud everything
0: she said that you didn't like in that conversation. Out and I of context, think what drove her out of context, and she kept saying this, and I really think that I really felt her frustration in this. He just starts reading aloud quotes. "Quote: I don't know how this is going to work. I'm in a bad place, and I can't put any effort into this. I can't do happy couples this weekend like we planned, and if we do one, I don't want to sleep there." Jokingly. What do you want to be the next Bachelor? And she's just like losing it. She's so furious at this point because she's like, "What are? Oh, you're trying to turn this around on me. Do you really want to go there? How dare you? Kind of bring up all of these quotes." And she's like, "Why would you? Why would you bring up that last
1: thing when you answered that you would?" And he's like, "I never said that." (laughs) And he's like, "I said that if we didn't work out, I wouldn't believe in the process anymore, so I wouldn't." And then he keeps reading. He reads, I can't wear the ring to after the final rose. I don't want to go to therapy. I don't want to
0: talk to anybody about this. And Rachel gasps at this point. She's like, "Tino, look me in the eyes and do not lie. And he's like, no, you said this. And I was trying to force therapy. This is so convoluted. Like, I don't know if it was cut oddly or they're just – they are obviously speaking with a lot more context than the audience has and – there was no one there to kind of mediate and make sure we understood what was going on. But what I kind of glean from this is that she was having some sort of external mental health issues. He was pushing her to go to therapy. And that because she was doing press, she didn't have therapy on the books for that moment. Yeah, she, she was completely says exhausted. She responds I went
1: to therapy. The only reason it wasn't scheduled was because I was traveling for press. I was exhausted. You shouldn't throw that in my face provide context if you're going to pull these receipts and then she says everything you asked for I did the next day before I got out of bed and he's like yeah and she's like didn't you didn't you thank me for actually taking all those steps the next day and he's like yeah and I'm like I'm sorry Tino that actually seems like the biggest piece of context here what why are all those things she said an issue if that was just like addressed the next day
0: I also think that he has, look, he has every right to provide his own emotional context, but that's not what he's doing here. He could have said, we had some rough conversations that left me in a place of deep insecurity about our relationship. And I made some really bad decisions and lashed out and harmed our relationship as a result, right? Like you can provide context for why you might've been in a bad emotional place and why you fucked up without being like, Here's a bunch of quotes out of context. And I just hope that the people watching like understand that this was ultimately your fault, which is right. what it feels like he's doing. Right. He's not
1: like and I I will say and understandably, I don't think that Rachel was in any position to hear him say any combination of words that sounded like an excuse for why he did what he did. Like if he was like, we, we were in a bad place after these fights. And so I lashed out and I did this stupid thing. I think that that would understandably also feel very much like he was blaming her. But in this specific case, he is literally reading things that she said and is like, so you see because of this. (laughs) And it's like, I don't see. And like, of course, Rachel doesn't see because it's not her fault that because you guys had a fight or that she was like, I can't go to therapy right now that you had to have an emotional affair with another girl and like kiss her. Like it actually doesn't add up and it does read as you just trying to blame her for right. not not being like everything that you needed her to be at every moment. And so you had to go outside the
0: relationship. And what I was struggling with this entire exchange is I just kept thinking like this locked box filming situation feels like a fundamental kind of like human rights violation. And at the same time watching it, I was like, I feel Rachel's fury. Like, I understand why she's so pissed off and why this conversation feels so unsettling to her. Well, Because th- there's no anchor in reality. Yeah, I I really
1: felt unsettled by how he kept bringing things up that were sor- sort of sounded like justifications. Like, oh, well, you said you didn't want to wear the ring anymore. And then she was like, I actually didn't say that. I think we both remember that i said if we broke up if we just or if we just went back to dating i wouldn't want to wear it at AFR as, as to like pretend that Which everything makes was okay sense. and And then, like, later, he would just say it again as if she hadn't full-throatedly denied it. You know, it just felt like there was never any progress made on establishing the truth value of any of these statements. And it was, like, really confusing to even watch, and I'm sure it was confusing for her to sit through. Also, like she
0: says multiple times. She's like, am I crazy? Like, did that happen? What is happening? Yeah. And I think that, like, it was hard to watch
1: Tino seeming to be sort of blindsided in a cer- at certain point like he didn't fully understand what the conversation was for he is being sort of held there seemingly against his will but also like Rachel i you know also kind of has to be there
0: having this conversation again on camera in a right. way that clearly is really clearly they unnatural. had had a lot of these conversations again and then they were told like you have to come together because we need to get this on camera, or else the audience won't understand.
1: But yeah. we didn't
0: get a lot of understanding, and what we saw was just like a lot of suffering on all. Yeah,
1: ends. suffering and circular arguments. So they they have this circular conversation where he keeps insisting that she tried to give the ring back and said she wouldn't wear it at AFR, and she's like, "No, I said I would want to give it back if we just went back to dating, but then we got back on track, and like that wasn't what happened." And she's like. You're just trying to make me look bad. Like we were in a bad place, but we didn't break up and you cheated on me. And he pauses and he's like, I don't want to keep circling back on past stuff. And I'm like, sir, that is the only thing this conversation is about. So, so. (laughs) And you're circling because you can't arrive on a shared sense of reality here. So she says, you never said you're sorry. And he's like, Rachel, I'm so sorry. And she says, you're not sorry. You're sorry. You got caught. And he says, and this, I think, is a very revealing statement. He says, no, I'm sorry because I was haunted by this.
0: How is he sorry because of how it made him feel? I don't really think Tino has the capacity to have a conversation where he doesn't center himself. Like, there is a lot of self-centering here. And Rachel goes on to be like, well, you sat on this information for four days I I guess when they were they were together for four days Mm. is what I'm gathering from this at like a happy couple weekend and never told her what had happened. And he's like, I it was a mistake. I wanted to just be with you. And Rachel's like, it wasn't just a mistake. You made a lot of conscious choices that led to that one kiss. And then she sort of is like, if it even was just that one time, which I don't believe. And this sets him off. He's like, well, if you don't believe it, it was only one time then what what are we even doing here and finally he says is there any way this works out and she responds being like well do you think you deserve to be with me and he's just like yeah for sure absolutely like okay so much going on here
1: first of all of course she doesn't believe it was just that one time she had to drag it out of you piece by piece and when that happens She is always going to think, is there just another piece I haven't managed to drag out of him yet? This was not freely and openly offered. And also, like, because he broke the trust to begin with, it's hard to ever feel like you know the full scope. Plus, he was like, I regret even telling you about the kiss. So, like, obviously, he doesn't want to actually come clean. And he maybe wouldn't tell her if something else happened. I, too, am suspicious that more happened also, Rachel clearly came into this conversation with her mind made up, and yeah. Tino I th- doesn't. Maybe I think I know that I can't decide whether Tina doesn't know that it's over, or whether Tino doesn't understand that it's where they're going. The kind of conversation. conversation that it's going to be.
0: Yeah, I I think that that is part of what was making me feel so uncomfortable is because uh, they've clearly had a lot of conversations outside of this, and now production is asking them to recreate to like have another conversation that treads some of the same ground. And it seems like she went into this conversation knowing she needed to end the relationship and also knowing that she needed to get him to be honest on camera about what had happened. And he seems a little unclear about
1: what the goal is of this conversation. And it's like this weird
0: thing where they're, they're having a breakup and a fight, but they're also like doing a job of telling right. a story. And right. that is where I started to feel very uncomfortable with the show. Yeah. I I think that, like, par- part of the thing that upset me the most with
1: Tino was that it seemed like he came in with the mindset of, actually, I am doing a job, and my job is to make sure that I'm not the one who comes off badly in this breakup, that I should make clear yeah. that she was at fault for the cheating, and that I am actually... The, so in love and groveling. And she's just like a heartless person who withdrew her love for me. And, and he's not able to kind of get that narrative across. And that's why he's panicking um, because it's hard for me to believe that he came into this thinking that they might end up together, but who knows? Um, also when, when he's like, is there any way this works out? And she's like, do you think you deserve to be with me? And he says, yes. I was like, everything that everyone said in this conversation and in, in that, snippet of conversation is just wild to me like obviously it's not going to work out also like what kind of responses do you think you deserve to be with me yeah
0: i thought Are, is she trying to get him weird. to self-eliminate
1: I, yes also I think that the answer is Rachel, no Rachel i don't is... deserve it after what i did to you but i love you and i want the opportunity to I try want to make it chance. up to you
0: even if i don't deserve it
1: that's the all answer, this was Tino. Just, all
0: of this was just bad. Like, frankly, I don't – I think that there are parts of this conversation where Rachel's anger got the better of her, which I understand, and she kind of lashes out. And Tino has absolutely no emotional capability of answering her anger with any sort of compassion or understanding of where that anger might be coming from.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting to see
0: after how things went with Avon, who
1: does handle him so well when Rachel is sort of himself really well, when Rachel is sort of angry and lashing out. And the conversation resolves much more smoothly than it does with someone who is getting so defensive and
0: won't admit fault. It's just very clear that these two people have completely incompatible communication styles and they should not be together. Mm. But at this point, Tino steps out for air. It seems like he keeps getting flustered to the point where he just kind of walks out. And she doesn't know at each of these points whether he's just, like, leaving or whether he's going to come back. And outside, Tino's clearly talking to a producer. He tries to, like, take off his mic and then just tries to cover it. And so it's a little muffled. But we can hear everything he's saying. He's, like, gesturing wildly with his notebook and saying Rachel's just throwing him under the bus and saying that everything in the notebook is lies and, like, she's just there to make him look bad. And at this point, he says something that, like, really made me sad. He says, he's crying and he says, just tell her to break up with me. Let me out. And I think why this struck me so much is because this seemed less like, like that is not a ding on Rachel, but what it is, is a ding on the show. And the fact that it's like, yeah, if, if the relationship is over, just have the relationship be over. Yeah, Like trapping him or trapping anyone in a room on camera and forcing them to go over this, like, emotionally torturous terrain over and over again and then making him feel like he can't just leave, like, that's just not humane to do to anyone, even though he absolutely shat the bed in terms of his relationship with Rachel. Yeah. And this conversation. It's impossible
1: to feel good about this even... If he was at fault, which I believe he was, even if he is trying to make her look bad with his little attack notebook, which I believe he is, like, this is not humane. Like, yeah, it starts to feel like, oh, am I watching, like, a rom-com or am I watching some, like, you know evil scientists like zapping two rats in a box. Well, exactly. Like, it's exactly. Just like you're just stimulating cries of pain from these people. And I'm supposed to be like, thank you. Like, I love
0: this. And thank what? you for my entertainment. For, and again, we talked about this last week, but it feels like the point is like, okay, audience, now you try to litigate it. Decide who you like better. Decide whose side you're on more. And it's like, yeah, we all probably do have Greater sympathies with one of these two people. But what I walk away with is just an overwhelming sense of ickiness and a sense that, like, no, yeah. no one really deserves this.
1: Yeah, I actually feel like they went so far that there was a backlash. And I think that, like... People were so horrified by what they saw Tino being subjected to that it obscured how shitty what he did to Rachel was and what he did to Rachel, not just in the past with the cheating, but in the course of the conversation, conversation, he was coming at her with out of context receipts, trying to throw her under the bus, trying to make her look bad, refusing to really take full accountability, centering himself. He was doing all that stuff, but the conversation was less about that because the show Turned him into like a martyr by being so horrendous with how they handled that storyline, and
0: that right. makes me mad too. Honestly, <laughs> as I'm like it just wasn't no winners. Necessary, yeah. It just wasn't necessary, and it speaks to the fact that the show is prioritizing engineering these moments of extreme emotional exploitation over giving us a love story. And I it just that just fundamentally obscures what I think people what I think really like hits the soft parts of people and why we watch this show. Yeah. So but back ultimately, inside, Tino's like, okay, I guess I have to come back and finish this
1: this time, but it he doesn't finish it this time. He doesn't. This is his first return. So he's like, what do you want out of this? And she's like, I want answers that I truly in my heart feel I deserve. You're not taking accountability at all. This is shattering everything you promised me. And you came in here to turn it around on me. And I'm like, you know, Tino, you did promise her that you would literally make her happy forever and that your love would never go away. And now it's turning out to be super conditional and not reliable. So she does have a really good point. (laughs) And he's like, no, I wanted to own my actions. That's why I told you. And then he says something that made me really mad. He says, I was under the impression we were pretty much done. But then we started on the right trajectory. You started on therapy. You did amazing. You did everything, I asked.
0: This made me fucking nuts. You did amazing. You did everything. That is so condescending. Is she his little
1: child? Like, what on earth is he talking about?
0: Like she's like, just like oh, his like you did therapy. Good job. Good it was job. for me. It was for Good me. Good job, Thank you little for girl. Doing what I
1: asked.
0: Oh, oh and like she's just mm. so over it at this point. Also, understandably. because understandably, even
1: though he seems to be a really shitty partner, it seems like he fully thinks all the work of improving their relationship falls on her. Was on her. Like he is assigning her homework to make the relationship better, and she. Did it so oh, like good I job you little so, like, student you did it so it turns out maybe like having an Eat emotional affair and kissing someone was actually not a good idea whoops what a tiny little thing he so, also
0: goes on to say as it went on I just tried to forgive myself bury it just you know not get in your hair over something so tiny imagine being married to someone who was like I didn't want to like
1: get in your hair about the
0: affair about the I little had. time that I cheated on you like I just was like you know she's under a lot of stress Why that I add this to the pile that is a relationship that like if
1: that doesn't rise to the level of open communication what does you're just you're just living on like a vast ocean of lies and deceit and you're just floating on top with like the two or three things that rise to the level of importance that you tell each other Tino. She rolls her eyes at this. He's like, I get the emotional betrayal. I just didn't want to pile on to you. With, with at this some, point, Rachel, with some Rachel's, like,
0: eyes are popping out of her head. She says, Tino, do you hear the words coming out of your mouth? And he's like, yeah, I do. They're they're great words. <laughs> and she says, you just called it tiny.
1: He's, what? Tino's tiny indiscretion. She's like, You say the this is when I get confused. I was like, Was there a cut? She's like, You say we were broken up, but you told her we were engaged right after we kissed. And now Tino seems confused. I am too. Did I miss a topic change? I don't know. Seems like a relevant it, point it's to litigate, odd. but also it's not what they were just talking about. Anyway, he excuses himself again. <laughs> And so she hunts him down outside where we find quite a scene. His shirt is fully <laughs>
0: unbuttoned and he has his phone up to his ear. Like he's been making a phone he's, call. He's, he's like clearly putting had away. unbuttoned his shirt and h- taken his mic off fully because I assume it was like taped to him. And she's like, wait, are you like leaving? And he's like, no. Why? I just had to. Why would you think that? He's been why like. Why are you out here? He's
1: been unmiked <laughs> on the phone with someone. We don't know who. Who do you think he was on the phone with? <laughs> His therapist. His
0: dad. <laughs> oh, they only talk about sports. I don't know. Or his mom. <laughs> or, like, one of his family members, I'm going to guess. Or or a friend. And it seems like whoever he was talking to gave him some decent advice, which is probably the advice he should have gotten before walking in in the first place. It seems like the person told him, like, just fucking say you're sorry. Just say you're sorry. He doesn't actually say that, but
1: he does come in more
0: conciliatory. to be conciliatory. Like, yeah.
1: They go back in. He's calm again. And what he says, actually, is, Rachel, I do love you. That's why I had to tell you. And she's like, you had to or I forced it out of you. And immediately afterwards, you were like, I wish I never said that. And he says, I was panicked. I thought I was going to lose you, which, again, we saw how he reacted when he panicked and thought he was going to lose her because his parents didn't like her, which is just, like, lie, lie, lie. Create, construct a
0: world of delusion. Like, that's not good. That's really bad, Right, his, his answer to a challenge is, like, it doesn't exist. And that's yeah. a really bad way to conduct a relationship, and that's never going to work. And he's like, I think that we can make it work. I only want you. Like, I'll take you at our lowest over anyone else at their highest. I feel like he like caught himself
1: about to say, I'll take you at your lowest. And then was like, I probably shouldn't imply that she was at, at a low. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you at our lowest over anyone else at their highest. And she, oh. this is interesting because I do feel like someone told him, you just need to, to get out of this. You just need to make that final plea Plea. that's like, I fucked up, but I love you. Can we make it work? And then that will be her opening to be like, we can't and give you the ring back and then it will be over. So she stands. She says, I'm done. This is such a big deal for me. I want to do this one time. And he says, then don't give up. And she hands him the ring and says, I'm done. And he doesn't seem that Bothered, which again is maybe why I feel like he just wanted to to give her
0: that clear-cut moment to be like this is I think there there is almost an element here for both of them, like the sort of thing that happens in a police interrogation where there is such a desire to like end the torture that everyone's just like saying what they need to say to like get out of the room. Yeah. And it feels like Rachel doesn't really even answer what he says. And he doesn't even really care because it just needs to end. Yeah. There is something
1: tough about watching a lot of these scenes because
0: we only see a little bit of
1: it. And when Tino is talking, I'm like, what a turd. And yet, because he is so downcast and kick dog and like crying and like, why do I have to be here? When Rachel is very righteously angry and, like, towering over him, it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good right? Even if it's, like, even if I would do the exact same thing, even if it's fully, like, earned on her part, it just doesn't make you feel good about how things are ending. So it's just one of many moments where I was, like, I just, like, kind of wish that I didn't have the sense that everyone is just, like posturing for the cameras I guess that I was like I do yeah. feel like Rachel kind of rehearsed this moment and I get why she would want to end her journey at least on a moment of being like
0: I'm like sh- I'm like try try I'm standing up for myself I'm standing up for myself. I'm, standing up for myself. I'm not going to sit here and cry but what the but the actual effect that has like on the audience because we didn't see those early conversations is that like their emotional states aren't really matching
1: yeah, and it just feels sort of chaotic. Like his is constantly changing and showing us different things. So I'm like, I don't really know how to feel about how he's feeling. She just feel is like so angry that it's it is it can be hard to really relate. Or there's no vulnerability because she's not showing right. sadness. She's showing so much anger, and that makes her seem very powerful and like you know intense. And and that that can. Create a little bit of a sense of like, wow, she's really just like not giving him any compassion here. It's just like,
0: it's just I don't know. I
1: just like didn't love how any of this played out. And I really wish that they had not done this. Like, I do think that they could just go back to like what they used to do, where they would break off, break up off camera and then they'd have to sit on the after the final rose couch and like have an uncomfortable hot seat interview about it.
0: Like, why can't we just do that? Also, because it seems like a lot of this truly did happen and that they were both coming in with an assignment to recreate something. And, like, I do think that that is a different situation even than what we saw with Ari and Becca where it was highly produced. But what we saw was the first time that they were breaking up. Like, she didn't know they were breaking up. And that was a cruelty but it didn't feel like two people just performing something for the cameras and like they were in an emotional state that is appropriate for like a week after something happened that they're still stewing on
1: and like i will say this for ari ari was really sorry (laughs) yeah and it is just like so stomach churning to watch something like this play out that like Goes in circles, and it doesn't really feel like
0: there's no emotional emotional
1: honesty happening. There's
0: no emotional honesty. There's no real emotional catharsis. Like, it's just a lot of pain, and you can see the wreckage being inflicted on everyone involved. So Uh, Tino
1: stands up, and he's like, You deserve someone amazing who doesn't do this. It could have been me, but I let you down. I'm sorry. And he walks out, and Rachel's like— "Buddy." You I feel crazy. With that. Did that just happen? I mean, pfft. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I'm I'm going in circles now because I'm so confused and depressed over all of this. Yeah. But back at the studio, Rachel looks extremely tense. With you know, her face is like full of anger and sadness, and probably dissociation. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse
1: is like, everyone here is Team Rachel, right? And everyone claps and cheers.
0: <sighs> and so, Jesse's like, look, did did you know when you were going in that the engagement was over? And she says no, which I kind of think she ultimately knew before going into that conversation. But maybe it wasn't 100%. But she does say she felt like she hadn't been told the whole full truth, just little bits of information. And she wanted him to really provide answers. Yeah. I I believe that she didn't know how the conversation was going to go. I think
1: it could have gone more like Jed and Hannah Brown where it was a much more yeah. of like it was, there was anger, but it was more um, sad, sad and involved yeah. more kind of copying to things, I think. And just like a, a, an acceptance that things couldn't be what they were before. And it just wasn't that because she didn't get the full apology and admissions right. that she hoped for. And so she's like I wanted to understand where he was coming from and apparently it was my fault that he cheated. <sighs> this is weird because like I do think that he was fully blaming her. <laughs> but also like how do you understand where he's coming from without him saying things that are going to sound like excuses, you know what I
0: mean? Right? Like if you do want to if you do want more context, you also need to accept that he is going to explain himself. And that, like, might not feel good, but that is what you're asking for.
1: Right. And I I, I also think Ugh. that maybe he will say things that are more to make you look bad than to actually explain himself. But, like, any formulation of him being like, we were in such a bad place and I was so insecure about it, Like I said before, is going to come off as him making excuses. And but if you're asking where he's coming from, it's gonna be something like that. It's not gonna be like, wow, it turns out I'm a giant monster and you don't deserve some garbage human like me. It's going to sound like him trying to explain his emotional state at the time. So like I came out of this season genuinely thinking that like Rachel probably needs some more. Skills for navigating conflict in relationships. I agree, um, but also, I just feel like this show brought out the worst in her because of it what like emotional a stress of, she was under. Throughout. Right
0: of constant defensiveness mm-hmm. and a constant like on the look for rejection, and so I think there's like so much anger that she feels about this entire process. And some of that is maybe bursting forward in, like, a more intense way than it should, specifically at Tino in inopportune times. So Rachel's like, I haven't talked to Tino since this happened. Jesse asks, like, does any part of you still love Tino? And she's like, look, I have love for him, but no. Like, I'm not in love with him. I haven't seen any love for him either. But <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't think there's she love. needs to believe about I herself. Think, I think there's just anger. Um, but but she, she says Tino did send her a letter taking responsibility and saying he's sorry. So she hopes that tonight she, she gets another apology.
1: Something that... um that is interesting about a letter is that you can just read it back later and take out all the parts that sound like you are casting blame. But I think when he is actually in front of her and an audience, it is very hard for him to resist slipping back into bringing up out of context things she said and like making
0: it sound like it's her fault. So also, when he enters the stage, like, people are booing him. Like, come, come the fuck on. I mean, honestly, I
1: was okay with that. If that was, like, how far it went. You know what I mean? You're I'm like, like, if like that sure. Was if that was boos, it. Yeah, some booze in the studio. Absolutely. It's just that, like... It keeps going. Yeah. It's not just that. And that's that's what gives me a sick stomach. So he starts by saying I'll i'm say this, so sorry this was a, a stronger start than the last conversation it was a stronger start, start but he still has these little tells that I he's know. bad at apologize he's like i'm so sorry i didn't want what we watched back at all to come off like i was putting any of this on you my actions are on me and i own them completely I'm sorry it took me so long to tell you. I'm sorry it came off as me trying to put the responsibility on you. And she's like, came off or completely put it on me. And he says, I was just trying to give context for why it happened. And she's like, why it happened? So again, like, are you just saying that, like, I'm at fault, basically. And I I
0: understood what he was trying to say there.
1: I I did too, but also I understood her reaction to it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think she's very primed to be like, he's going to try to weasel out of this. That's
0: the thing. I think that, and she's just furious.
1: Yeah. Which I get. Yeah. And then Tina's like, Rach, look, when we first got engaged, it was perfect. And that's the only reality I'm capable of living in. So, you know, after that, I was a mess. No, he's like, when the show started airing, it got hard. He tells her, you know, you are amazing. I wish everyone could see my memories of you. You are always so sweet to me but our conversations got tough. I recognized you're going through a tough time and I was going through a tough time too. When our conversations got into, I can't love you anymore. Or when you said, I don't want to wear the ring anymore.
0: And like, this is the thing is that like, Tino needs an editor, <sighs> like a, like an editor for his speeches. It's like, just stop at our conversations got tough. I recognized you were going through a tough time and I was going through a tough time too. Stop there. Yeah. Stop there. No more quotes out of context.
1: So, and throughout this whole conversation, I don't want to, like, go totally blow by blow Blow because it's just so repetitive of what happened at the bungalow. (laughs) But, like, basically, he just keeps bringing up, again, these things that she fully denies as if she has never denied them. They can't agree on a shared reality, He's like, no, I'm I'm just trying to tell you how I felt when you said that you didn't want to wear the ring. I was devastated, and I let that allow my ego to take over my actions. And I'm like, Tino, she denies that she ever said that. So, like, what are we really doing here? Like, she's denied that, like, 15 times. So, like, obviously, it's not going to go
0: over smoothly when you're like, when you said that.
1: The other part of this
0: conversation that was hard for me is that she kind of keeps... Giving him him these like weird warning looks being like, T- Tino, you really you want to go there? You want right. to bring that up? And it's like, okay, so now you're kind of bringing that up. But what are you guys talking about? She's like, we both know that there were things that led us to be in this place of us both having a hard time. And they cut things from that conversation we just watched. So do you want to get into it? And he's kind of like, no. And now all I want to know is what the fuck they're both talking about.
1: Right. It's She's giving him constantly these weird looks when she thinks he's wandering too close to this. And yeah, and she's saying explicitly, like, do you really want to get into that? And it, it's kind of a warning look that to me, I couldn't. I think a lot of people are reading it as like they both know that he doesn't want her to go there because it won't look good for him. For some reason, I felt like it could also be read as like they agreed and there's some reason he can't say it, but it's more for her benefit actually. You know what I mean? That like the show was like trying to protect her in some way and he agreed and she's like, are you like, what are you doing? I couldn't actually fully tell what it was because like,
0: I there's be- no context. There's we no don't context. Know. We have no fucking clue what they are alluding to. And it is, Weird. It is narratively unsatisfying. And I just, like, was left with, like, what the fuck was the point of all of this? Yeah. Like, I, they continue litigate over... There's clearly a big thing that over, we're not being told. Yeah. There's a big thing we're not being told, and so instead they just keep litigating whether or not Rachel said the engagement was over, which, like, Tino will agree didn't happen, but then be like, you definitely said you were giving the ring back. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's just a mess.
1: Right. And he'll he'll be like, I understand that you're really hurt. I don't even want to relate it to how I felt when you said you were giving the ring back. And I'm like, Tino, this is the fourth time in this conversation that you have said that. And each time she has denied that she ever said that. And also you are relating them. Like, I just don't understand why we keep retreading this. And And then there are these like Oblique references to stuff that we're never going to learn about know about (sighs) Yeah, he he basically is like when he does try to apologize he (sighs) He will just say like four of the right things and then one bad thing like he's like what I did was wrong You deserve better. I'm really sorry that we're sitting here and I'm like, can't you just say, I'm sorry that I did that to you? Like, it's always just like, I'm sorry that we're here. And I'm like, you're apologizing for the wrong thing. It we makes it sound like he's see... just like, sorry that this is happening to him.
0: Right. And it's, it's, it was unclear to me whether that's what he actually means or whether he just like doesn't understand words. I, I really <laughs> don't. Because he keeps using words incorrectly. So like that's I just true. really don't know. We also keep cutting to Michelle... Caitlin and Becca, former bachelorettes, in the audience being like, okay, Tina, stop. Cut it off there. (laughs) Tina, cut. You're done. Like,
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's just bad. Finally, Rachel gets the last word in the hot seat. She says, we both know the truth of what happened and what you did was absolutely inexcusable. I don't even have words. She looks furious. It's just like, we... We don't know the truth of what happened, and maybe we're not owed that, but it's f- so frustrating to watch them both being, like, Then stop tortured. litigating it
0: publicly. Like, yeah. stop doing this. Stop forcing them into this. This could have been done. We didn't need that last thing. We could have had Rachel out there explaining what had happened, giving us de- the details that the show wants us to know in order for us to understand what happened a con one conversation with them on the uh, after the final rose stage and then let him leave. Also I'm sorry
1: Jesse just disappeared. Like here's what they should have done. I and I feel strongly about this. No taped segment at the bungalow. They break up off camera They come do their final after the final rose segment and and it's heavily moderated by Jesse questions. Exactly. (gasps) Like the there there is a big advantage that they have to doing this, which is, first of all, that, like, hopefully heads are cooler because the breakup already happened. But also they have someone there to ask clarifying questions and follow ups. Yeah. for,
0: For everyone watching, they didn't experience this. So can you let us know what you're talking about? It's just, it's crazy. Jesse just lets them go at each other. I like and forgot he was there. <laughs> I forgot he was there until he's like, well, guys, thanks to both of you. <laughs> this has been so illuminating. Thank you both for this
1: hellish interlude.
0: He basically seems to send Tino off, except he doesn't allow Tino to leave the stage. And then he's like, Well, Rachel, there's someone who's here who has simply demanded a chance to talk to you. It's Avon in pearls and a light-colored suit. And Uh, I love all of these things, Avon, pearls, and a light-tan suit. And yet, I couldn't even enjoy this. Rachel's eyes,
1: I will say, this made me happy. They go from looking sort of hunted, like she's a rabbit in a trap, to like, as she sees Avon they like get warm and smiley. And I was like, I oh, think I'm glad. Regardless, and I that. doubt,
0: I doubt these two will date after this. But I do believe there is like a genuine respect and warmth between them. And I think I, that she just yeah. felt saved.
1: I was listening to a little bit of bachelor uh, party this morning, and Juliet was saying that last week, um, Aven apparently like asked to talk to Rachel after the segment, uh, after the show taping and they talked in private. And so like, it does seem like there maybe was some organic, you know, off show um, interaction and that it wasn't fully just like production being like, we got to do something. So this isn't so bleak for Rachel at the end.
0: (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense. I do again, no matter what happens, I do believe that they like have, have that warped for each other. And I, I did want yeah. Rachel to get some emotional relief. I did also find it to be like unnecessarily cruel to do this in front of Tino. It's just so... Like, why?
1: The thing is like, if it weren't for all of the other stuff, I wouldn't have thought that much of it. But we've, they've, you've already shown us Tino crying in a backyard and being like, please let me out of here. And sounding like he's like in a horror movie where he's just right. found out that like the most dangerous game is people, and like he is being hunted. Like after all of this, like it's hard for me to get that like hell yeah, like girl
0: power feeling. Right from there, this. there's no feeling of like yeah, fuck that guy. I'm like he's he's been fucked. Like he he's, yeah. he's seen it. He's been you've destroyed. done enough. You've decimated him multiple times, and I'm speaking to the show, not Rachel when I say that. Like, you've done enough. He's gotten his come up in times a million. Like, let him fucking leave. I don't even, like, understand what the thinking
1: was behind having him still on stage at this point, but it does seem like in this sort of, like, gross...
0: I, I think, think it's like meant ha- to, like, torment I, him. No, I like, don't even oh,
1: think it's meant to emotionally torment him in the sense of, like, oh, he loves Rachel and she's going with someone else. I, I think it's more almost in this sort of gross, retro, like, like
0: male patriarchal or male po- It is. Yes. He is being
1: humiliated. His woman is being taken from him and given to another man in front of him. Yes,
0: that is exactly yeah. it. That's what I'm And you can me. even see that Avon feels uncomfortable with the setup. Like, I I, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it didn't seem like he was aware that like Tino would still be there because he kind of comes out and is like, "Yeah, you know, just you didn't deserve what happened with any of us, and you want to just like go go hang? You want (laughs) to chat?
1: He's like, Do you want to
0: leave?
1: And like she's like pointedly not look at Tino. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so weird. Even I don't think is. I don't think that is the position Avon wants to be in, particularly. Oh no. Rachel, I'm sure, is just like way beyond caring about where Tino is. But like Rachel's
0: just like <sighs> get me the fuck out of here sure. too.
1: And so they leave. And I genuinely hope that that Rachel is able to find love with someone who is able to be a better partner for her. And maybe that's Avon, probably not. But like I hope that she has. Some good dates and
0: and some good future relationships, but, like... And preferably with someone who won't, like, bring a notebook of uh, quotes from the throes of her mental health crises into their... Honestly, heights. that was truly sick. So... They head
1: off, and Jesse's like, "Tino, this is awkward for us." Anyway, and again, I was like,
0: l- literally, fucking let Tino leave. He's like, "Are we good?" End to this. Or something weird. He says something weird but to Tino, Tino's like, like, "Are we yeah, good?" Yeah, I guess I'm good. Like, I don't. Again, Tino is is probably in need of some serious emergency therapy. After like, this. I don't
1: want to have to end these shows looking at someone who did something fucked up, who I'm like not a fan of, and to be like my primary. F- concern is their mental health and like fuck the show honestly for engineering scenarios where that is how I feel like I don't want to sit here worried about Tino whatever let's move on because there's still so much to cover oh god let's take a quick break and we'll be back for the end of Gabby's journey
0: can you keep up I like I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear, Mm -hmm. but Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really
1: need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles, and I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus.
0: They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... And passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe,
1: ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes.
0: I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince. But I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible neoprene weekender bag. And it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's
1: com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: quince.com
1: slash LTSI. If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks.
0: It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often
1: to get new assortments of wine.
0: If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine
1: but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with.
0: This is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself. A quiz and good wine? I mean, everyone's (laughs) winning here. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. And we are back and it's time to somehow get back into a mood for romance. (laughs) Uh, There's no joy in this finale. Oh, God.
1: Except I will say. Gabby's fin- like proposal look is I think Ugh. one of my favorite looks in the history ever. of this show ever I was completely I... obsessed obsessed obsessed. I want to go back in
0: time and get a different wedding dress. That's how <laughs> obsessed I was. It was beautiful. I loved the little floral embroidery. I loved the style of it. I loved the lack of like wild glitter and embellishments. Yeah, it's just sort of like the bodice of
1: the dress. Flowing sort of semi-sheer white sheath with a train and spaghetti straps. And then like a V-cut, deep-cut bodice with illusion netting covering it, sparkles, and like framed by colorful
0: floral embroidery. And like a open back with a crisscross strap to tighten it. It it was, oh, it was so, so beautiful. Good. I I just love Gabby. I love her sense of style and I love the way that they've styled her this season. She yeah. looked
1: gorgeous. If I and were Rachel, I really would happy. actually like and Rachel has a different sense of style, but if I were in Rachel's position, our friendship would survive until the point when I saw that they gave Gabby this dress and not me. Like, I would be like, we're you, done. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that Gabby's happy, but I'm not happy for her getting that dress. Uh, so Eric joins her in the courtyard where she's waiting for him looking like a princess. Eric, unlike Tino, looks how I would want my boyfriend to look on proposal day. And I, I will say... How my
0: boyfriend did look on proposal day. He looks happy and like he's excited to get engaged. <laughs> and also not wearing black, which I was thankful for.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's in navy, which is a good color for a non-funeral. Not a funeral <laughs> option. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I used to hear people saying like, "Black? What is this, a funeral?" And I was like, "It's a suit. Shouldn't it be black?" And the older I get, the more I'm just like a black suit is just Well, you've
0: You've been to more funerals. Yeah, the there thing. you
1: go. More funerals and more, you know, sort of places where the people wearing black suits and black size are like, <laughs> yeah. you know, servers or something. Um, it's just like, you know, a Navy suit brings that warmth. He's beaming. He's excited to be be with her. He has her turn around to show off her dress.
0: I loved this little <sighs> moment. I thought it was I'm such a sucker for the romance. And this is essentially the only bit of it that we really get. But he just, yeah, he looks, he looks at her with, like, eyes of love. Like, he, he, she's excited about the dress and he wants to see it. Like, it's, it is just very genuinely, genuinely sweet. I want Unfortunately, the audio is rough here because there is both a water fountain and very loud birds.
1: It sounds like they're being heckled. I actually kept thinking that, like, my toddler had woken up. And then I was like, no, that was a bird (laughs) (laughs) cawing. (laughs) so gabby starts of course she tells him that when she first saw him her heart skipped a beat maybe a couple she says that he loved her before she knew how to love herself so apparently that was a very recent discovery because they just met he fought for her so hard in a battle that neither of them knew the outcome of she says i thought you were too good to be true but now i know you are too good but you're also true Hard to watch that post-milkshake ducking of Eric, but, like, I'm sure he has good qualities, but, like, he truly has had the thing happen to him that happens to the too-good-to-be-true guy, which is you find out that he has blackface photos in his yearbook. (laughs) You're like, ah, indeed, he was too good to be true. She says, I love you, and I want to love you as long as you'll let me. I'm sure for much longer after that.
0: They kiss. They kiss. Eric goes next. He says the last time we saw each other, it was really hard because we've just been waiting for it to be real. I want to note that Eric is using a lot of we statements, not I statements. He says he knew he says he
1: knew she had walls up and hesitations with him and he didn't know if he would like measure up. He says she needs someone who will be unconditionally there for her 100%. And that's why he's here. He wants to be that person for her. And he says one of the things he loves about her is that she brings out the best in him. And he says the stars had to align for them to meet. It was fate. I want to note Tino also said that this journey made him believe in
0: fate. 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 <laughs> big theme here. Fate
1: is a bitch, man. <sighs> uh, yeah. He says... but there- their connection was insane and that when he met her, he was immediately himself and felt he'd known her for years and he didn't know it, but he'd met his soulmate. You literally make me feel like I'm the only person in the world. I will fight for the rest of my life to keep that feeling. It's you and me until the wheels fall off. And then he tells her he loves her and he wants to spend the rest of his life with her. They kiss. He fumbles to get the box out. They're laughing. He kneels. He pulls out the ring. He asks her to marry him.
0: She says, Yes. Another uh, fairly simple, but obviously giant diamond engagement ring.
1: I don't know if this ring was oval. smaller, if I just find the giant size less offensive without the corners. With the rounded the cu- ed- edges. the rounded edges.
0: I like this I ring it better. It's still huge,
1: it. but I liked it better.
0: I liked it. Uh, in the inset. You can tell this was very funny because Adam was watching with me, like for bits and pieces of this. And as this is happening, Gabby, we see the inset, and she's laughing and smiling. And Adam's like, "Oh, so like they're together." They're. Good. Oh yeah, I I, <laughs> I noted like, that yeah, too. I was correct. like, "They're they're still together." Yeah, it was. I think it was very clear with just like the tone she was taking that they are still together, and she offers they're both them the very final cute rose. And playful. Yes, yeah. she, he takes the final rose. They're very cute and playful after the engagement. They're joking around. They're laughing. She puts her ring on his pinky so he can flaunt it. And then he says, "I have one final question. Can I have your number?" Which is always a good joke to make after yeah. you come off the show and with we the know, and you don't have their numbers. And we know that is
1: the question they all have to ask each other after the. Yeah, movie. So they ride <laughs> off together on a motorcycle, and. Jesse brings it back to the studio and he's like, well, that looked great.
0: But Gabby... He's like, but it wasn't because it wasn't there's great. been some drama we need to address. He's been... Definitely a, not the blackface face. He's like, thing. there's been a huge scandal.
1: Eric once sent some texts where he said this show was not real and
0: we this have is to a have a conversation. We have to have a national conversation about this. This was absolutely fucking wild. Like, very predictable. I think this really falls into the Game of Roses framework of, like, he needs to dispute the idea that he was like 4TRR, like therefore, or 4TWR, therefore the wrong reasons. And so this entire post-mortem is not about the really like damaging shit from his history that really inflicted harm on a segment, on a large segment of this audience and that he has promised to grapple with. Instead, it's like, You need to tell everyone that this show is real and you need to fucking atone for daring to question the validity of it to a woman you were dating for what Eric says was one month? I think, yeah, I think the woman said it was a couple months. Um,
1: You could fudge that either direction, I'm sure. Yeah, who knows? uh, But, (sighs) yeah, this was really... Just, like, kind of wild to watch, given that the show has made in the past a lot of noise about, like, oh, we're changing. We're going to be more aware. We know that questions of race are so important. We're going to have a whole, like, symposium about Rachel's, like, antebellum party photos. And then to not even fucking
0: acknowledge... It's disgusting. I was so disappointed. And... As we've seen in even, like, Gabby's interview with People Magazine, it seems like she's prepared to talk about this. And so is Eric. Yeah. And, like, it is absolutely bizarre to me how this struck me was that the show did not want to address it. The show wanted to skate over it. The show wanted to make hay yeah. of these texts that had come out. And they didn't want to address any sort of racism and that was like very very upsetting they have both addressed it outside of right the world of the
1: show he did his you know room for improvement black square instagram post and she did address a question in an interview with people the show had a ton of time to work with they wasted a too bunch of our time. time, way too much time. There was not, they, they, they wrap up the Gabby and Eric stuff and there's still like an hour of the show to go. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. And they, they didn't even try to address it. They didn't want to bring it up. And I, it's dumb. It's like, in a way it feels dumb to be disappointed because of course because it's so obvious, but they yeah. have like when they've really had their feet held to the fire, made noises about how they're going to be different. And you just see that, like, that's not fucking true. They're like, we did it at a, on an, another season already, and we don't feel like having one of these conversations again and it messing up our whole like image of of how this narrative ended and like introducing those issues onto the show. It's not it's not worth addressing. I ugh, yeah. Anyway,
0: so they bring. <sighs> Eric out. Eric out, And you can tell that they're a united front very quickly. You can see they they kiss and she kind of whispers to him between kisses, it's going to be okay. Like clearly they have talked about, okay, we're going to answer some tough questions and we're going to get through this.
1: They kiss so much that finally Jesse is like, guys, this is family TV. It's Disney. We just send people into rooms and are like, they're fucking in there. Like that's... That's Um, family-friendly.
0: That's (laughs) (laughs) off-camera.
1: So, Jesse... Also, at this point, it's, like, 10. Like, the kids are in bed. So, Jesse asks them what it brought up to watch the proposal. Eric seems super nervous. He's stumbling over his words and rambling a lot. But he's basically, like, it was really a hard process for me and I think for Gabby. But we got the happy ending. And, you know, that's nice to see. Jesse's like, why did you hesitate to propose? And Gabby's like, yeah, what happened? <laughs> and Eric basically says some very reasonable things. He's like, everything was really fast in that world. We'd never really had that talk. And there was just a disconnect that night. Emotions were running high. And, you know, that's really all that that happened. And... You know, Gabby talks about how nervous she was that he wouldn't propose and that she had, like, really given her whole heart to him. And she might end up, like, standing up there sort of yeah, getting Yeah, it just sounds
0: like crossed wires, which makes a lot yeah. of sense. Jesse then, you know, shouts out Grandpa John again. And he's like, Grandpa John, the people love you. Would you ever consider being bachelor? And Grandpa John, very reasonably and correctly, is like, fuck no. He's like, no. Gabby is he's like, like yeah, "Absolutely no, not. he would need a nap.
1: I'm <laughs> – I'm 34 I and I would need a nap to get through night one of this show. And I'm sure by the time I'm Grandpa John's age, I would need many naps.
0: Exactly.
1: So Jesse then says it's time for some challenging so, questions. About... We're just really going to
0: dig into the hardest questions one <laughs> could ask you, Eric, about how you called the show fake before you did the show. It's so. mm,
1: mm. The thing is that, like, this is both. They have to address this to, you know, defend the integrity of the show against people who come on for the wrong reasons and think it isn't real. But also, it's just such an easy thing to bat aside because obviously, you know, he got engaged to Gabby and they're still together. So, like, how fake can he really think it is? Like, in a way, it's almost feels more romantic. It's like the rom com version of how this goes is, like, he never believed in it until he, like, locked eyes with her and then, like, a change came over him. Like, so it's both, like, a really easy controversy to address and also the one that feels more fundamental to their sense of, like, keeping their world in order.
0: Yeah. And so Jesse brings up the texts. Um, he says, you know, your an ex of yours, says that you, claims that you broke up with her to come on the show and Eric is basically like, yeah, like I had just moved out to California. I'm 29 years old. I've been trying. I was trying to date. I met this girl. He says about a month. She says a couple months. It was probably somewhere in between, but like not a super long time. He met this girl before this process started. I realized it was not going to be a connection long term. And the show then reached out. And I was glad to see that he did not try to like put blame on her at all and was very clear about that. He's like, I did treat her poorly. I led her on. I have no hard feelings towards her. I completely understand her actions, basically like why she made these texts public. And he's like, look, I took the easy way out and I've learned a lot. Yeah. Good answer, Eric. Yeah. This is and- not the question you should have been answering, but if you were going to be answering it, this was a good answer.
1: Right. So Jesse brings up some of the texts she released from when he first told her he was going on the show in which he basically was like, yeah, I don't really think the show's real, but like, I just need it for my career. And I understand if you don't want to keep dating while I go on the show, basically. Um, and Eric again is just like, yeah, I just – I didn't see a future with her. I was just having fun. And I guess I led her on and cool. I just didn't really. And then he's like, addresses like, is the show fake and He's like, I didn't really know anything about it. I would not ever seen one episode. Like, I don't know what, to, I didn't know what to expect, but then I met Gabby, whatever, man. So he's like, I wouldn't change anything except the beginning. Cause I love Abby. I love Gabby. I want it to be forever. Like someone, someone I saw, posting when i was doing my like social media binge after the finale that was like oh conveniently he didn't post the text he sent her after they after he got off the show and i was like but that text like didn't actually really say anything yeah, except that he was I, sorry
0: <laughs> so i don't really think don't he needs care. Like, that. sorry i don't really care about that text i don't think it was that damning like i don't i think he's allowed to apologize for how he treated her. Like, he wasn't like, I, I like let's know. get together. <laughs> he like, was I just think like, about what I did to you. Like, I, I And don't clearly know, man. he
1: did because, as Gabby says, he told her about it before he told they her came out. about it months
0: before. Yeah.
1: And probably that went hand in hand with, with texting the other girl to, to right. sort of both talk My to his partner is and to be
0: like, exactly. I want to make things. My as guess right is, as is I that can. Gabby may have even like had a hand in crafting that text. So, so Jesse asked Gabby, like, how it has felt to kind of see all this play out. And Gabby's like, look, it's re- been really hard. But Eric told me about these texts a long time before they came out. So it wasn't just that he was thinking only of himself or trying to skate by. Feels like a little dig at Tina. <laughs> and he was uh, thinking about her. And Gabby's like, basically, I, I, I believe him. Which is, like, all yeah. that, frankly fucking matters in this situation she's like i'm not saying you're right
1: in your actions you are kind of an asshole to her and eric's like yeah
0: yeah everyone laughs i i again this is why i love gabby she's like yeah you were an asshole and also i trust our relationship so yeah that's where we are where we are
1: i mean that's the thing and i is it is hard to see people like seeming to get passes for doing some shit shitty things and and still getting to be like hot famous guys on this show but at the same time like we there does need to be a way to move forward and like gabby doesn't actually need to punish eric for something bad he did in the past by like leading a girl on for a few weeks and like being kind of a dick to her by breaking up with him like there can be a way to be like I'm holding you accountable for like recognizing right. what you did, apologizing, taking ownership and working on yourself without like removing your access to love and support from a relationship that you have worked on. Like it just exactly. I didn't feel I didn't feel bad about about that. I did feel really bad that this is that we didn't hear anything about how they dealt with the other stuff that came out, you know, right. the blackface photos, the um the other like sort of more ambiguous stuff like him being in photos with people wearing maga hats like I actually do want to hear about how they talked through that stuff and how they're working on on addressing it going forward but it doesn't
0: come up so i yeah yeah it that was just it was just really disappointing i was like i get from the show's perspective why this is the quote unquote scandal they wanted to address but I just think it elevated all of the wrong concerns and skated over the ones that yeah. I think are actually impactful to the audience. And it yeah. it is upsetting and it is, it is telling. I almost feel like they wanted to address something
1: to make it feel like they were being responsive
0: to the yeah. concerns
1: about Eric. And this seemed like one they, they preferred to do, an easier one. So... Eric is sent off. Now it's just Gabby on the couch telling Jesse how proud she is of Rachel. And he's like, What we about don't, you? you? This th- is
0: so weird that we don't get like they clearly just wanted to usher Eric off the stage. Like, forget about him. Don't think about him now. Back to Gabby. She's and, our best performer. And also like, And, also, and also, also they didn't Rachel. bring Rachel back. Right. Like, why didn't you bring Rachel and Gabby back if if the point is like the two of them triumphant in their in their power or in their friendship, then, like, show us that fucking friendship again. Like, it, yeah. I just thought these choices were really bizarre. But she's like, yeah, I'm so proud of Rachel. And he's like, so, but did you ever expect this for yourself? And she says, no, I hate men. <laughs> Your Gabby is really good, by the way. Icon. Icon.
1: Um, Yeah, but she, she you know, this is sort of a combo segment for her to – Talk about Dancing with the Stars, her future with Eric, and also get advice (laughs) from other bachelorettes. So
0: Everything is so bizarre about this.
1: So she's, like, saying that their plans involve, you know, just living life together, finally being out in the open. He's going to come see her on Dancing with the Stars in person, finally. She loves being on Dancing with the Stars.
0: Rachel's been there supporting me.
1: And And then then,
0: Jesse's like, okay, we have these former bachelorettes who all had very emotionally fraught breakups with their final picks. And they're here to give you advice for what you can expect from the future. I was just laughing very hard at that. Um, And he's like, Becca, why don't you start? And Becca, I just want to say, it really felt like she was almost speaking like – in code here. Oh, she was 100%. She, it was, yeah, it was like, incredible. She's like, you know, I've um been in a similar position. In case anyone forgot, Becca's final pick, Garrett, was shown to have liked extremely recently uh, a bunch of really fucked up right-wing memes, anti-feminist, transphobic. Racist. Denying, like, denying school shootings, racist. Like, just every... Every ism, basically, you can think of. Um, and they ultimately broke up during the Black Lives Matter protest because he was posting Blue Lives Matter memes. And <laughs> so Becca is like, I've been in a similar position. So, you know, just make sure you and Eric are on the same page and have the same values and morals. That would just be a good thing to check.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, Michelle's like, I applaud both of you for staying true to who you are and continuing to support each other. Um, yeah, it's I appreciate it that Becca even ha- had nodded at, at
0: that. Yeah. Um, at I also want to say that it's telling that like she and Thomas have both had both posted about the black face photos when they came out. And Thomas's commentary on Instagram last night was actually great. Yeah. Um, and he, a lot of a he had a lot of grace. Yeah. yeah. He had a lot of grace for Eric, which I thought was generous, but he also was just like really calling out the show and was like, this is like basically egregious that this yeah. wasn't that this wasn't addressed. And so it is interesting to me to see that clearly Becca and Thomas are having conversations about these things within the context of their relationship and like privately and yeah.
1: And he's not the only Black alum who posted their disappointment with with how that wasn't addressed. Rachel Lindsay, I I saw, also posted um, something on Instagram about how um, kind of unacceptable it was that that they didn't speak to that. So uh, with that, it's time for us to meet our new bachelor. Zach, Zach,
0: Zach Charles, he's he's there. Zach, he's he's there. Yeah, he's Zach. That's how I feel. Um, Jesse tries to make a really fucking ill-advised joke about how finally the bachelor doesn't look like me. Like you're, I, can't, I do I even have to say like yeah. This show is just full of square jawed like white men. I, I like uh, even if he didn't look like. Like Jesse at all, which he does,
1: because they both are like square jawed former football players with scrubby hair. You just like can't make that joke when it's another when you white have, bachelor, right?
0: Exactly. Like, what are you doing?
1: I just does he think it's just funny to reference that everyone <sighs> thought Clayton was his twin, or or what is he doing? <laughs> I I don't I, know, but it was ill advised. I
0: yeah. Also, just like look. Also like the close the, I after that- he said
1: that I was like is the joke that Zach is also his twin because
0: after he said that I was like I was like oh they do they look exactly, exactly like <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I think I literally posted on our Instagram last night like these are the same men um, but look I get that I do think that the first choice um, that their first choice was Nate and Nate declined fair enough fair enough because he doesn't want to be subjected to the entire machine surrounding this franchise. I I, I don't I think that there so is bored. any
1: real, like, I get that they had decided to ship off Justin and Andrew S. and all of these people from the past few seasons to Paradise, and they weren't in their, like, available Bachelor pool, but... What a fucking waste. They had like a couple seasons. The only guy from Michelle's season who was Bachelor was Clayton. There are some pretty good fucking options from that season, from Katie's season. They all they all got sent to Paradise and, and weren't even up for this gig. And we get Zach. Like, it's fucking disappointing. Just
0: fucking yawn. I'm so bored already. I, again, I'm sure Zach is a fine human being. I have nothing against him. It's just a... It's just a bad choice. He's just like a it's bachelor. And
1: he, he's a bachelor AI bot. Like everything he says is just like, I'm nervous and I'm also excited. Everyone saw my heartbreak in Mexico. I need to take time to reflect and, and heal my broken heart. Meet now I'm ready to meet friend. my best friend. I'm like, say well, one single interesting thing to
0: me right now. He can't. I, he can't. And like I just, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I and can't. guess what? You know what the show's gonna have to do now? destroy him in the process of creating an emotionally exploitative show. Yeah,
1: I know. He's like, this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity opportunity. And I was like, Zach, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for them to ruin you, to become the most hated man in America. Like, and you're not starting from a great place because I don't like you very much right now, (laughs) just because I'm bored. And if you also start doing shitty things, it's gonna be hard. So They have to kill, like, 45 minutes on the most boring man they could find.
0: But luckily for us, (sighs) we are long-winded, so we don't have a lot to say about this segment. They trot out Sean Lowe and Catherine, don't really do a lot for them, and then they, like, try to do the thing, which I hate, where they're like, Zach, your journey starts right now. Let's do a that like make some of the women come in and do their little entrances but without any editing or scoring and everyone's really like sweaty and stressed out and exhausted
1: yeah I and i it. just like it's like i don't actually care about meeting these people because i won't get to learn anything else about them for like four months
0: january i so don't care i truly guess don't what care. guess what guess what i don't care i, I don't, don't care. care i i I don't care at all. (laughs) I don't care who any of these women were. I don't care that they let America quote unquote vote for a first impression rose. Like I, I simply don't care. My only observation was that half of these women seemed to be doing like the SNL parody of The Bachelor in their entrances. It was so disconcerting. I felt like it was this opening was like the uncanny valley of The Bachelor. Yeah. It it didn't feel real. First out is a
1: blonde girl in a sparkly silver mini dress. She says, okay. "I'm Brooklyn." And I was like, "I got to go lie down. Like I can't. We have we have already reached the point of those like bachelor parody sketches that are like the bachelor in 20 years, and everyone's named like M- M- McKenley and Brooklyn. Like,
0: that's now we have a Brooklyn. She's and also the bachelor. a 24 year old dental hygienist who's from Texas. So I think well, that really classic. sets the tone for what that's, that's like the most classic. That is platonic ideal bachelor yeah. contestant. We haven't had. A dental hygienist in a while
1: yeah they've been moving away from dental hygiene they hug and she immediately <laughs> starts cursing <laughs> so the whole audio is silenced for several long seconds and, and
0: frankly that was the highlight of this segment
1: uh, well i liked brianna brianna is next she's an entrepreneur from jersey city represent she was very cute she, she could be my neighbor one of
0: those one of those little like polaroid cameras and takes a little selfie with him she seems extremely nervous zach seems extremely nervous she's literally kind of stumbling over their words she she does
1: a bunch of good things though first of all she's cute and i do think she actually knows how to flirt even though she's nervous she's making an effort she has a little gimmick for them to do an activity together and it's a cute activity they're taking a little polaroid selfie and then she says how are you though
0: And commiserates with him
1: over how nervous they both are. and So it's not like she used used her whole time to do that, but she also did
0: make that personal, like, connection. It was sweet. I think, frankly, by this point, I had dissociated, and I just simply didn't care about what any of these women did. She tucks the picture in his suit pocket very cutely,
1: heads off. Next is Bailey, who is 27 and and, an executive recruiter. She says she's from Nashville, but now lives in California. And the only real thing that she tells him is a rhyme to remember her name, which he does not remember for even five minutes. She's like, when you wake up in the morning, say this to yourself. On the daily, I'll be thinking of Bailey. Don't worry. I'll be thinking about you, too. Five minutes later, they're like, Zach, can you name even one of these women? And he's like, Balin?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Uh, Next, we have Kat, who's 26 and a dancer from New York. And she had the most unsettling affect. I really thought she was, like, a bot. Sort of like, yeah, like a slightly glitchy
1: bachelor (laughs) bot or a character, definitely a character in a comedy sketch. I was like, maybe this woman is doing full performance art, which I would respect. there's just something off about the whole vibe she's like just like living at nyc dating me is not intended for the week and as she leaves she's like love ya and i was like what
0: is i hated it (laughs) next we meet christina she's 26 and a content creator christina mandrell is her is how she's announced so
1: i'm like are there multiple christina m's this season
0: Oh, God, probably. Or did
1: they just want us to know that she is the niece of country singer Barbara Mandrell, because she is?
0: Well, I don't know who that is, so that does nothing for me. Me
1: neither. She's like, I'm so happy it's you, but I'm also nervous, and I brought these for us. The classic, like, we're both nervous, so I brought us tiny shot bottles to take shots together. And then she's like, well, I just quickly drank a bunch of whiskey and now I have a tiny bottle. She's like, I can take these. And he's like, no, no, I got it. And she's like, okay. There's no editing to like smooth any of that out.
0: Right. And there's no music. It sucks. And this is where Jesse's like, okay, now everyone's getting to vote.
1: Yeah. I'm just like, as much as I did feel like some of them seemed sweet and some of them seemed very bizarre... I don't care. I don't I'm care. Sorry, and I, I don't, don't like really care. I didn't feel any like chemistry with Zach. It was like a lot of awkward side hugs. Zach he didn't remember any of their so names. So
0: uncomfortable. Zach was clearly completely unprepared to do. Like, this is a job. This is a job. It's a performance. It requires production. It requires editing. We got none of that here. And it was just like a waste of my time. Like, yeah. Ultimately, the winner is Brianna. She seems like the best of this bunch. So I'm glad she will be safe. And that means we'll at least get to see her for two weeks. But, like, beyond that, yeah. I don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, they, like, open voting before the commercial break. And then not only is it closed by the end of the commercial break, they have written down the name and put it in an envelope. And I'm, like, I just don't really believe that proper voting <laughs> and counting could have happened during this time. Like, it just doesn't really add up. But, okay. Uh <sighs> I'm happy for Brianna. And somehow
0: the show is not over yet. At this point, it was like 10.59. And Jesse's like, we have more questions for Zach. Why? why well
1: the thing is it what wasn't fifty nine. it was like ten fifty one, and they were oh, like really out of co- i remember looking at the clock in like, my mind the fuck it was... are they? because then they st- they they have another conversation with zach where they're like zach we've asked you several times already but how are you feeling and zach is still feeling great and very excited and then jesse is like can everyone clap for how much they want zach to find a wife like they're just like desperately padding out the time here, and then we get a sneak peek
0: peek of Bachelor in Paradise, which I'm more excited for Paradise I than will, I am for The Bachelor. I will say that I will talk about it next week. I I'm not dissecting this teaser. I'm just, no, I, no time. <laughs> we we gotta we have to sign off, and like Jesse would say, Bachelor Nation we hear you, we see you, we love you. We hear you, he
1: says. We hear you. Fucking, we hear you. Just, I'm sorry. No, you do not. You absolutely don't. That was insulting after the way that they That was deeply insulting. handled
0: this finale, the things that they They're refused to address. They're like, we hear you, and we've, we've learned a lot. What the fuck have you learned, Jesse? Fucking nothing. <laughs> I hate you. And on that note, we need to be done with this recap, and we need to move on to love to see it, hate to see it. Let's start with love to see it. I love to see Gabby just being an absolute icon, answering Jesse when he asks how she feels about the season coming to an end. Thank fucking God.
1: Yeah. She really speaks
0: for all of us.
1: (laughs) She always uh, gives an honest answer. I, as I've said, love to see Gabby's Proposal Day dress. I think it Ugh. actually is my favorite
0: gown ever to appear on this show. I have to agree. Also, love to see some finally just, like, great bangin' fashion that was well-coordinated on our two leads during After the Final Rose. I'm going to say you d- you wrote hot, bangin' hot fashion. And I'm like, it really is
1: like they're going to the club fashion they're
0: like we're gonna it really is (laughs) we're gonna get laid tonight honestly I hope they do both go to the club and get laid after that dumpster fire same uh I love to see
1: Gabby again in her honesty just like speaking the words I need to hear being like I never saw this for myself because I hate men and I'm like same
0: queen relatable queen. (laughs) I personally also love to see more understated rings coming from Neil Lane. (laughs) There aren't 12 halos and I am grateful. I didn't know that Neil Lane was capable.
1: I truly don't know if understated is the word, but I appreciate that he's branching out stylistically.
0: More understated. I don't think
1: that I can see a diamond that big and call it understated at all, but it is definitely less embellished. And I
0: agree. It's nice to see. Simpler, perhaps. (laughs) Simpler, yes. I also love to see at least a few precious, sweet moments between Rachel and Gabby, who are, remember, the two alleged stars of this season and this was allegedly their finale. Not sure we really got that, but I just, (laughs) I was glad to at least see the two of them together a couple times. Let's talk about Hate to See It.
1: Uh, So much. I hated to see that the show clearly cares so much more about the men questioning the process
0: than it cares about Blackface, Like, yeah. it was... Like, racial harm, they don't really care about. To have that overlooked The realness was... of the show. That's the important thing. It was disgusting. It was just disgusting. It was disappointing. There's not really much else to say. Also, hate to see the complete fucking lack of narrative continuity. There's just... It was bad storytelling. So much was <laughs> left unsaid. We saw Gabby's ring before we saw her proposal. It just the show dropped the ball in in telling a cohesive story.
1: I also hated to see Tino cheating on Rachel, obviously. Yeah. 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 I think demonstrably trying to save his image by making her look bad, bringing a journal to read out of context things she said to him during an emotional argument that somehow, like, caused him to cheat on her. Like... Yikes, that was really, really hard to watch.
0: Really, really hated to see the mental health indiscretions notebook. Um, Not a good (laughs) idea. But on the other hand, I also hated to see Tino being publicly and nationally humiliated multiple times in a cruel way by the show. I said this last night, and I truly feel that way. Like, all I could think was this show is a human rights violation, watching how both Tino and Rachel were treated.
1: Yeah, it's hard to see how every person and issue was treated during this finale and feel good about any single part of it. And it was deeply demoralizing. I hated to see Jesse joking that The Bachelor finally doesn't look like him when it's another square-jawed white man. And it's just like,
0: don't. Also hated to see Zach's just absolute fucking blandness. The man is a glass of whole milk <laughs> or a slice of white bread. Take your pick.
1: I I hate to see a future laid out before me in which I have to watch a full season <laughs> of Zach being Bachelor. I, I can't. I'm not well. Uh, I also hated to see this episode being three hours when it should have been An email. Like an email that included them grilling Eric about his blackface photos. Like it was they completely they completely botched every part of putting this episode together and to find themselves with just a hanging, dangling forty-five minutes at the end to try to make Zach interesting.
0: Just absolutely not okay. And now it's time for our final BFF energy rating out of 10 friendship bracelets. I'm going to give this one like a seven. Again, the moments we saw between Gabby and Rachel were very sweet, very solid. There was a lot of solidarity and a lot of support. But minus three simply for the full hour of Zach. That is a whole third of these women's finale. It was just Zach.
1: Yeah, Zach Zach really took me out out of the glow
0: And on that note, that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer.
1: If you like the show, please follow us, rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, tell
0: all your friends about our show. These things all really help new people find our show if you want to get in touch you can always email us at clarinemmapod at gmail.com
1: you can also find us on twitter and tiktok at love to see it pod and instagram at claren and you can find our newsletter rich text on substack at claren
0: i'm also on twitter and instagram at emma lady rose and i'm at claire
1: e fallon we'll be back with the bachelor in paradise season premiere recap next week no rest for the weary my friends can you keep up I like love. Stitcher hey mom first things first thank you it's my one year anniversary of my decision to say yes I need help and
0: yes I choose me and that's the miracle I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother love you mom Maxwell
1: Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. At Amica Insurance,
0: we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back